fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Final try Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 45 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal. We are paving the way. We are your lead blocker to fantasy glory. The Fantasy Fullback Dive is the only podcast out there that we can honestly say that about it. There's a lot of pretenders. There's a lot of guys that are going to say something, although they probably won't say it as cleverly as that. But uh, take our word for it. You take our advice. You're going to make those playoffs. Once you're in the playoffs, we're going to guide you there, and you're going to hoist that trophy or plaque or trinket or whatever the hell you're competing for so you can lord it over your friends from childhood for the next year. Um, I, of course, am your host, Nat The Truth Jones. With me, as always, the wolf from Rota, of, of Rotor Street himself. we got a strangely good internet connection right now. I can actually make out the features. You're not like 8-bit original NES right now. <laughs> there we go. I don't know. Maybe Comcast is finally stepping up their game. I've been calling and complaining and they realize this is the wolf on the other end we can't keep messing with this guy so obviously they've stepped it up which is huge so we can uh, give you an even clearer path to that week eight win and it's by week hell my man it's oh, yeah. craziness you know we, even last week we had four teams on by but this week some even more explosive offense you got the chargers and falcons out then you got tennessee who no one gives a shit about because they're just god awful uh, and then zeke elliott is about the only one you care about with the cowboys maybe amari cooper now once he finally gets acclimated uh, but then and those Chargers, obviously Melvin Gordon for me, and uh, you know for a lot of owners there too, Keenan Allen. Some explosive talents are out there, so yeah, stock up on those emergency waiver options, kind of cuddle them like you're, you're banking in these cold times and find them. And there's lots of streamers this week, and we're going to make sure to highlight all of them, get you ready for a week eight win. It's going to be a big one. It is going to be a big one. This is this is big stuff here. Uh, if you're four and three, and a lot of people are. Big difference between four and three and four and four. Big difference between three and four and four and four or three oh, and four and three and five. five. It makes yeah, you shudder. And I'm at that three that. and four spot right now. Off two good wins, third most points in the league, but need to hit that five hundred point for sure. Yeah, we got a guy in our hometown league. He literally has the most points in the entire league and he's two and five and he's in twelfth place out of twelve. Oh. That is just painful. Yeah, it's like I beat him the other week, and it's like the guy shows up and puts up like a buck fifty-five, like on a bad week, and and you know, but when he played me, I put up a buck sixty. When he just played a guy last week, he put up a buck eighty. So, but it's like must have fucking did something to piss off those fantasy gods. Who knows what it is? Probably, probably trading draft picks or something like that. Oh, God, yeah, the worst. All right, we're going to get into the stock watch training room. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to hit Dalvin Cook, Bilal Powell, Royce Freeman, Doug Martin, Jack Doyle, Matt Breida, or Breda, depending on how you pronounce it, and the Bucks backfield in that order. Um, we're going to try to bust this thing out in, in one long take, basically. We're going to try to flip this Wednesday podcast uh, on Wednesday. I know, that's that's crazy, right? We're used to, to waiting a little while. But we're going to see if we can get this thing done today. Um, so I'm going to try to hold you to like a minute or so on each of these, Wolf, just so it doesn't like end up it. being like a 90-minute pod. Um, <laughs> even though I know the viewers or listeners would love to hear us for even longer, probably. All right, of let's course. talk about Dalvin Cook. This is a guy who basically is like, would you say he's been the biggest disappointment of the year? Aside from, you know, I mean, you could say Jimmy G or something because he was out all I season, think... but maybe? Yeah, Jared well, McKinnon? Jimmy G was a quarterback, so that doesn't really matter. McKinnon, maybe? 
it was, it'd be Cooker Fournette. Both those guys just banged up, you know, late se- or no, early second, maybe even late first round picks, Dalvin Cook and Fournette are. And yeah, I mean, again, you're without your guy for another week, sitting him through the week 10 by. And at this point, just like, please just, yeah, just get healthy, come out of week 11 and be your, your normal self. I'm fine with this if I'm an owner because I don't want to keep playing these head games. I'd much rather him be out and just finally confirm his health because he does have the second easiest playoff schedule among running backs. First easiest would be Arizona is David Johnson, who I think is the ultimate by low right now. David Johnson, Byron Leftwich becoming the coordinator. He's a he's a clear Bruce Arian staple who used to love peppering the running back with targets. So I'm definitely going after David Johnson. But Dalvin Cook, not a bad by low. If you're in a really, really good spot right now, you can hang on to that week 10 bye. I, I think he could come out rumbling. But, but till then, it's just going to be a lost season, you know, a lost early part of this season. He's uh, that, that last year's ACL, maybe that's lingering because he's overcompensating with his hamstring whatever it might be it's still going to be an issue he's going to be out this week against new orleans and latavius murray's been surprisingly effective shouldering that entire load he was one of our big penny stocks uh we didn't expect cook to be this injured this hampered but latavius murray has has dominated the last couple weeks in his absence should be another high-end rb2 play this week saints are much better against the run than they are the pass uh but still you can see murray probably falling his way into the end zone at least once this week all right, yeah, my buddy Johnny Goodtimes just traded for Dalvin Cook. He's in big trouble in our league, too, but he, he got him for pennies on the dollar. He got him for, like, Will Fuller and somebody uh, that yeah. wasn't even that great. You know, I think, I told him, I was like, I don't love Cook, but, I mean, that, you, that's a great price to pay for him on the off chance he comes back and does something. I think he could be a real season, like, you know, those weeks 14 through 16. Obviously, you had to get there first, so you can't really be buying low on Dalvin Cook if you don't have the, the, the wins and the, the record to back it up. But if you do, if you're 7-0 right now, he's not a bad guy. You're like, yeah, Will Fuller for Cook. Fine by me. Take that stab. I'm absolutely with you. All right. Let's talk about Bilal Powell. I mean, is there anything worth talking about with Bilal Powell? I mean, hasn't he just been the most meh kind he of has, guy? I mean, but like, he's now on injured reserve. Well, so right. I mean, not- even more meh now. Right, exactly. And unfortunately, he's, he's undergoing surgery. It's on his neck and he could be, his career could be in doubt. And over his career, he hasn't been so mad. He's been a pretty explosive guy. He's just been mad because he's been so underutilized. And unfortunately, it seems like his career could be over. We always got glimpses of what could have been, you know, that epic stretch run from weeks 12 to week 16 when he was the only guy in that Jets backfield just a couple seasons ago. Only Le'Veon Bell and Aaron Rodgers outscored him for that like five, six week stretch when he got featured. But for whatever reason, who's never handed the gigs and now we don't think we'll you know ever see him again potentially which is too bad pour one out for the guy because he has had some monster games i've been an amazing pickup for people but now you know what does that mean for the jets well isaiah crowell will be that guy moving forward more secure backfield volume for him but all uh, you know in, in his absence i also think trenton cannon for the time being is an interesting you know penny stock ad led the team in receiving with four catches 69 yards last week but long term if you're looking in the long term stash play it's it's Elijah McGuire. He's only 3% owned right now. The running backs coach was comparing this guy to LT, saying he was going to be that featured back, could do all the all the stuff very well. Rich Denison's zone blocking scheme has been strong this year, so I would stash McGuire if you got that bench space. Really interesting name long term, but for the immediate future, Crowell will get all that the, the volume in the running game. Trenton Cannon, the guy for the receiving volume. All right, Royce Freeman. He who has been splitting carries with Philip Lindsay and getting kind of gradually eclipsed in the process makes his way to the Stockwatch trainer's room. Talk to us about Royce Freeman, Wolf. 
Yeah, he's not practicing on Wednesday, and it's a high ankle sprain. Uh, and they said there might be a chance he plays, but not practicing now. They're calling him day to day, and I don't, I don't believe it. I think he's going to be sitting this week, and that just means Philip Lindsay, who's already been that lead guy, that featured back, the high end RB two there, is locked and loaded against the Chiefs, who are not good against the run, not good on defense against anybody. Uh, and, and plus, Lindsay benefits from being a good pass catcher if they get down early. He stays involved. Booker will be involved, maybe a little bit more. So desperation play i guess I, I wouldn't want to touch booker though but philip Lindsay, if you own him you got to feel good he's in my rb uh he's my rb 10 for the week so a top 10 guy and, and he's just been so explosive with freeman there i'm very intrigued to see what type of work he gets with freeman out of the picture all right doug martin i'm uh, you know mm. there there have been very few guys in the last few years that have irritated me as much as doug martin <laughs> because i thought i was so smart last year jumping on him and no oh, i'm just gonna wait three weeks or i'm gonna wait however many weeks it was and then i waited and waited and he was just just terrible Awful. and uh he you know he seemed terrible when i've seen him this year too and now here he is in the trainer room what can you tell us about doug martin yeah, he's actually healthy. He's ready to go, and he's more on here because Marshawn Marsh Lynch on. is on the IR. Uh, and John Gruden came out and said this guy's our featured back yeah. uh, with Marshawn Lynch on the injured reserve. Yay, you're the featured back in the offense putting up the 29th most points in the league. That's just been abysmal just all over the place. Just traded their best receiver. Just traded their best receiver, exactly. So I, I'm not that hopeful for, for Doug Martin, maybe in the right matchups. He gets the Colts this weekend, so right matchups. That could be one where they can keep it competitive and he stays active and involved, but otherwise be the victim to game flow. We saw Jalen Richard kind of taking over a 50% role in that backfield because the Raiders were getting down so big early. And I expect them to get down even bigger now with this offense just decimated and horrible. They do have a decent line there still in Oakland. And Martin, you know, for all his faults, can score touchdowns. I can see him falling in for a couple 30-yard touchdown days. But I'm not overly excited. I'm not out here blowing my waiver wire loader, anything Good. like that, Doug Martin. Uh, nor should you be. I'd be more excited about Jalen Richard, no matter what John Gruden's saying about who is featured back is outside with the talent here the more explosive guy the guy that game flow will likely uh off in favor and that would be Jalen Richard but for this week I could see Doug Martin being an interesting play just for the record I think the Colts stink and I could see them beating the Raiders by four touchdowns absolutely Jack Doyle the beanstalk coming back to (laughs) practice it's been too long Eric Ebron's been cleaning up in his absence though Yep, he has, and that's probably the main guy you got to talk about here because Ebron's the one that people would actually be rolling out. Nobody would be using Jack Doyle in his return. Uh, but as a big body, he's always going to have a role in, in the red zone. Frank Reich's always loved targeting his tight ends, as we've seen through Eric Ebron in the red zone, who leads the league in tight end touchdowns. Uh, but Doyle would put a hamper on that, you know, the swoop guy. Whoever he is, keeps scoring touchdown after touchdown. I can see Doyle kind of sliding into that role. He's likely to, it's chance to play is the original quote. Uh, he has in practice this week too so maybe it's going to take two weeks of practice to fully get him on there uh, but ultimately Eric Ebron's stock will take a pretty decent hit once this becomes more of a two tight end set sharing that load uh, we'll see this week it's still kind of a wait and see approach with Doyle I wouldn't be rushing out to pick him up by any means it's more so about Eric Ebron's stock taking a little bit of a hit here Matt Breida still not practicing as of Wednesday due to that ankle uh, 49ers just talk about a team in just total turmoil brought on by injury after injury after injury not the team we thought they would be what are they looking at at the running back position right now 
Right as I was typing this, Kyle Shanahan did come out. Adam Schefter tweeted that Breida's looked a lot better these last two days than he did on Sunday. We're definitely giving him the day off, but we'll see how he is tomorrow. If he's good, we'll throw him in practice and evaluate him from there. None of that. It's it's still kind of a non-answer, a little more hopeful uh, than just the fact he didn't practice. There's a little bit more context to that. Uh, But ultimately, I expect him to rest him. Shanahan did come out and say we're going to approach this differently than we've been doing it, which is you know getting him out there and playing and just having him re-aggravate it. I expect him to sit, and I expect uh, Morstead, Raheem Mostert, however you say this guy's name, Mostert. to come in. Yeah, Mostert. I just made that well, up. It could be. You never know. Maybe he's French. Uh, but I expect him to come in and, and rip it up. He's been their leading rusher the last two weeks, and now he goes against Arizona, the worst defense in the league. He tore up the, the Rams a bit last week for eight yards a carry, and that's the Rams, the stoutest uh, front seven in the game. They don't have a great four- rush defense, though. It's still, you know, it's better than the, the Cardinals. I'll tell you well, that okay. much. Sure. Uh, the worst run defense in the league. So Mostert's been getting it done against, uh, you know, a decent competition. And now he comes in, he brings that eight, 7.7 yards per carry average to this great matchup. I could see him getting 15 ish touches, ra- racking up about 100 yards, getting in for a score. Uh, he's got just good vision. He, he didn't come in as a runner, he came in as a, a kick returner, but he's really developed, really honed his game under Shanahan, showing that patience, that vision that you need in that zone blocking scheme. And he's breaking tackles well i like Mostert a ton as a stream this week up in my top 20 running backs for sure all right tampa bay buccaneers backfield talk about an underwhelming i feel like a lot of these have been pretty underwhelming but uh you know i mean we were talking oh peyton barber maybe the best steal in the in the draft getting him so right. late i was so proud of myself i mean obviously i've dropped him like everywhere i had him now ronald jones maybe possibly entering the mix again speaking of underwhelming uh what yeah. do you think i mean what's going to happen and should we care I, I don't think we should care all that much, but ultimately a starting running back is a starting running back, right. especially when this offense is really good. It's just such an air-centric offense that I don't think a running back here matters all that much. Ronald Jones did handle the majority of first-team snaps at Wednesday's practice with Barber not practicing due to his, uh, an undisclosed injury, but they're saying it's an ankle most likely. Uh, Jones did score a touchdown, but he just maintained that horrendous yards per carry. I don't think he's gone over three yards nope. a carry since the preseason. He just hasn't flashed any anything special like he looked at USC he looked explosive looked like he could rip off big plays but we haven't seen that so far in a Bucks uniform maybe it emerges at some point this line isn't very good though I expect him to just remain completely pass centric with that awful defense of them having to keep pace with other teams bombing them uh, I don't expect any running back to really be that worthwhile but would, would I stash Jones if I had the space why not? Sure, but I'd much rather have Raheem Mostert and uh, some other higher upside guys. But if you got just pure trash, might as well stash him. I wouldn't be using him this week, though. With you. All right, we're going to talk about guys we're higher, lower, and then uh, guys we're willing to take a Hail Mary on. We're going to start with quarterbacks. Of course, you don't, you're not like particularly higher, at least not dramatically higher, on any of the quarterbacks out there. But you are three higher on both Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. Uh, the ex, you got him as your QB five and uh, your QB nine, I believe, six, respectively. No, QB six, yeah. QB six. Sorry. The experts have him nine. Uh, you know, you think these are basically shootout opportunities for both guys, right? Absolutely. I mean, Breeze is at his best when he's in a, involved in shootouts, like you mentioned. And this is Minnesota. They're putting up tons of points. This is just a battle between two of the top five scoring offenses in the league. I get that the Vikings have this reputation as an intimidating defense, but they've actually surrendered the ninth most fantasy points to QBs on the year. So I think Breeze, even away from the Superdome, is in for a vintage 30-point night. Uh, he's clicking with uh, Michael Thomas. I think Traquan Smith is really going to start to emerge as a, a very deep threat, very explosive guy that can climb 
climb the ladder, make plays over guys. So I'm a big fan of Traquan. I, I love his emergence. And even though Ingram's back and they try to be run heavier, this seems to me like a shootout scenario. So I think Breeze is back to vintage form. And Winston, he's top 20 fantasy points in both games so far. He's top 365 yards in both games so far. Such a pass-heavy attack, as we were just talking about. Uh, in Cincinnati, giving up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I don't see how Winston's so low on people's radars right now with that weaponry, with that pass-heavy scheme, and that awful defense. All of it equates to me that Winston should be much higher and much more respected. I think he goes easily over 20, maybe approaches 30 like he did in his first start back against Atlanta. All right, you're lower on Jared Goff than the experts. That surprises me just a little bit. You got him as your quarterback eight. That's five spots lower than the experts. I mean, to me, three seems ridiculously high for them. So, I mean, eight really actually sounds about right now that I look at the numbers. Um, right. Because I don't, I don't, I mean, three seems excessive. I don't love Green Bay's, and that's who they're going against. They're going against the Packers. I don't think Green Bay has much of a defense. But I think putting him up at three is, uh, I don't know, that almost seems just like a knee-jerk reflex. Like, oh, the Rams are explosive. Goff, he's going to blow him up. Why do you believe that he's going to do, I mean, eight's still a totally respectable ranking. Why? Right. How come you don't buy into the top three the experts are throwing at us? I mean, he's only been in the top three quarterbacks once this year. Quarterback right. two, that one massive Thursday night game where he exploded. And yeah, it's a shootout style script. But still, so much, even in these high scoring attacks, they're dominating. They're right in the top three in the league in points. But so much of that funnels through Gurley. 43 right. red zone attempts, 20 more than the next closest running back. And he's, that's because he's so good with them. He bulldozes and gets in nearly every time he gets it. He has 14 and touchdowns. It, it, we're week it's seven. insane. <laughs> it's fucking insane. It's so ridiculous. It's such a cheat code. And even though Goff plays well, he makes the throws he needs to make, that ultimately eats into his fantasy value. The last three weeks since that QB2 explosion, he's only been the quarterback 19, quarterback 26, quarterback 17. Uh, so I've been continually recommending this guy that I'm lower on him than the experts. He was my lower than you know last week, and he's just the QB 17. So I'm not in love with Goff. Uh, you know, I think he's got some good weaponry. You know, the offense is great, but the scoring upside is so capped when you have such a great weapon like Todd Gurley in the backfield that could he have a quarterback two game and explode because it's a shootout? Sure. Uh, he's had his best games at home, which is worth pointing out. That's why I have him up at quarterback eight and not back at quarterback 15 where he's been performing these last few weeks. But ultimately, losing Cooper Cup is, is tough with a, a banged up weapons cabinet with Gurley just shouldering that entire offensive load. I'm not as high on Jared Goff, nearly as high as what the experts say he should be. I mean, I think eight sounds about right. I think he's a top yeah. 10 guy. What is it? A lower top 10 guy. Three seems ridiculously high. Way that just high. seems like a commentary on we think the Rams are really good, but I feel like it's like a, a short-sighted ranking. I feel like they're not really thinking about like the things you just said. Yeah. All right. Hail Mary. This one's like probably the most obvious one of the week. You're going to take a Hail Mary <laughs> on a quarterback and, we're, and there's a London game and Blake Bortles, Sir Blake Bortles is playing. And by the way, it's the Bill Simmons podcast that, that's been calling him Sir Blake Bortles now. And they that's recent because us. because I've I've listened to them quite a bit and this is this is like just like starting this year, so mm. uh, you know back off guys, um, yeah. but I believe he may have never lost in London. No, three and zero. His offense puts up thirty six points per game in those three starts. He has an eight to one touchdown ratio. Uh, it's Blake Bortles in London. I don't know why. I don't get it other than the fact that he's a god over there. It's like the Undertaker his- at WrestleMania. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, dong. They, they put the <laughs> gong and Bortles just kind of slow struts onto the field. It takes like eight minutes to get out there. It, it's if the he best. gets sacked and knocked on his back, he just sits straight up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Alan, and Alan up. Hearns will be sitting there waiting <laughs> watching. for him, Watching the whole time. <laughs> From behind the, the Gatorade cooler. Right, exactly. Where is he? It's my God. <laughs> uh, but, but no, I mean, Blake Bortles does no wrong in London. We all know he goes into the streets and the woman throw their panties at him and he gets his, his take of the litter mm. and he must just have a clear head a clear system uh and he gets the poison out pretty frequently while he's yeah. over in london and then bombs every team he plays he, he's had 25 fantasy points or more in his last two london starts he's only 26 percent owned eight percent started this year more than others it is risky his coach has come out and said he's on a short leash but i think he gives us the best chance to win and of course he does it's blake bortles in london he doesn't lose he only puts up stats so get him into your lineup folks it's against the eagles too so they should put up their points uh, it should be a little london shootout and we should see bortles at his absolute best if you're ever going to start him it's when he's in london folks john john elway in denver tom brady in foxborough and uh ladies and gentlemen blake bortles in wembley stadium <laughs> in london three uh three peas in a pod anyway running so, backs let's talk finally people have wised up to the Tariq cohen thing it's taken him a little while he's had three great games in a row about um, time right? so a guy you're higher than you go to you know the ultimate vanilla milkshake type guy lamar miller uh yeah, you know playing the dolphins <laughs> running back 13 you got him five spots higher than the experts I, I don't hate that ranking actually even though i i mean he's like the most boring guy in the world and by the way and this has been said on a bunch of other podcasts too but i i I happen to agree with it. I mean, I mean the, the Texans, is, is this the worst four-game winning streak in the history of the NFL? Like, have, they, have, so they, have hideous, they even looked right? good in even one of these games? No, they've looked completely hideous. <laughs> uh, and part of that is Deshaun Watson's playing with, oh, I believe, man. a collapsed lung right yeah, now. Yeah, he had to not uh, fly. He, he, had to, no? he had to drive 12 hours. I'm sure he wasn't right. driving, but, I mean. <laughs> right, yeah, getting escorted. You know, it, it sucks. But ultimately, what are they doing in that that to protect that injury? It's feeding the running game. He's fresh off. Lamar Miller is 22 carries last week, his season high, his season high in yards as well with 100 yards, and he also got his first score of the year. Uh, so they're protecting you know Watson with this. And another team, if they're going to give this guy another 22, 25 carries, who better against than Miami? One, it's a revenge game for Lamar Miller where he used to play but also even more importantly they surrendered the third most fantasy points to running backs we just saw carry on johnson destroy these guys like blunt even had 50 yards and a touchdown getting manhandled by the usually anemic lines run game and this has just been a constant theme over these last few weeks it's even even more exasperated when you got the patriots just dominating these guys with sony and james like they've, they've been getting destroyed even Tariq cohen our, our must play a couple weeks ago because he was facing miami put up about 20 fantasy points so i think lamar miller has to be considered that low end one Highest of running back two's style with, with just heavy volume in an offense that that should move the ball pretty regularly against this awful awful run defense. All right, uh, you also, I mean, you're, you're throwing a couple in here now. You're not doing your one guy, but you also have talked a little bit about Raheem Mostert or Mostert or however you want to say. And I mean, you got him at 21. That's seven spots above the experts. Anything quick you want to add on to him? No, I already covered it all. The easiest possible matchup in this awesome, awesome zone-blocking scheme that is a goldmine for running backs. If he's going to see that heavy lead volume, I think he's going to thrive. He's already led the league in rushing two straight weeks. I think he does it again, and, and this time goes for over 100 in a touchdown. Uh, the, the 49ers, shockingly, are third in the league in rushing as a total team right now. Brady uh, was leading the league for a while. 
He was, exactly. And a lot of that, again, is this zone blocking scheme. It's such a gem for running backs. I think Mostert really benefits against a bad Arizona, the worst Arizona run defense that you can possibly go against. Total package of a right matchup, good talent that's primed to explode. All right, Marlon Mack, the experts like him at 11, which just seems stupid to me. You got mm-hmm. him at 18. Uh, they explain to me why the, the experts are idiots on this, to have this guy as a, practically a top 10 running back right now. I mean, he's fresh off a 30-point day, so yeah, I so. see that it, why you'd have that reaction. But it seems to be very knee-jerk. Uh, this uh, offense so has been knee-jerk. so committee-heavy, so committee-ridden all year. I'm skeptical that just because Marlon Mack had a big game, that Frank Reich will suddenly just turn it over to him. He's actually 30 already, carries? Come on, give me a break. Right, exactly. Even as we just started to record, I, I got a tweet that Mack's dealing with an ankle injury already, fresh off his heaviest workload. He's now banged up a little bit, a little bit more hampered. So maybe that... that he had to scale it back a bit. The, the matchup's not intimidating, so I get why. Right. This guy, he looked very explosive, looked like a great talent. I can see great talent, great matchup, awesome day, awesome fancy matchup. But RB11 just seems very aggressive to me for a guy that's been trapped in the committee all year. Uh, it just seems like too knee-jerk, like we just said. Too knee-jerk, in my opinion. I agree. I think mean, that's well put. Let's talk Hail Marys now. Mike Davis against Detroit. You got him as your RB29. That's 15 spots higher than the experts. Um, and you also kind of like Kenjin Barner against Buffalo uh, with all the you know uh, musical chairs action going on due to injury in the Pats' backfield. Absolutely. Only 17% owned is Mike Davis, uh, but he's the clear number two in the league's most run-heavy attack. Yep. He had a, had a pretty big dud last week, but ultimately before that, had a 14-game and a 20-point game, and Detroit's given up the six most fancy points to running backs, so I totally see Davis plotting in for a score. He's out there again in almost 90% of leagues. A guy that you definitely should take a look at. And then Kenjin Barner, uh, like you mentioned, musical chairs in the backfield. Sony Michelle definitely was about to be out uh, at least one week if not two they're saying and Barner getting a matchup with Buffalo who give the 10th most fantasy points to running backs especially in terms of giving up touchdowns and rushing scores that's where Barner will probably be most used as the red zone especially if they get up huge too and I expect the Patriots to destroy the Bills the worst team in the league and it's not even close I could see them getting up huge early and you don't want to expose James White in a game where you don't have to and he'll put up his points early on so James White he's in my top six running backs you're not benching him by any means but I could see Barner being a real second half, just grinding the clock up, carry after carry, just ending up with like a two-touchdown, 100-yard Hail Mary, just beautiful effort. I like to toss him in flexes this week if he's out there. All right, let's talk wide receivers. You're higher on Devin Funches against the Ravens than the experts. You got him at 25. They got him at 36. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that, it's not like 25 is a absolutely whopping endorsement, but 36 seems pretty low. Why do you like him like basically a full – round like a full like that's calling him a wide receiver two instead of a wide receiver three uh why do you I, like him so much more i think you nailed the head on the car there's like it's just the nail on that whatever the fuck <laughs> you, you nailed said. the head on the car uh, right yeah there. yeah yeah the undertaker talk has me all flushed, <laughs> flushed right now coffins and whatnot yeah. uh but no funches i just think he's getting really disrespected for no reason He's he's been very dominant uh, it's not a great matchup against Baltimore. I don't love the guy at 25, but I think he definitely deserves far more respect than a fringe wide receiver three, which is what he's being called by these experts right now. Uh, he's got 15-plus in both games with Olsen back. He's just rolling in the red zone. He's clearly the first look Cam Newton has. He's had those two jump ball scores in two back-to-back weeks. As good as Baltimore is, I can see another jump ball score. I, I get he's only been around 75-ish yards, but the, the floor is very high. He's topped 11 and 4 to five games is 
lowest effort. It's been 7.3. So to me, that's much more valuable than just a fringe wide receiver three. To me, that's a a sturdy wide receiver two, which is where he deserves to be ranked, even in a tougher matchup. All right, lower. Sterling Shepard, Allen Robinson. You got both these guys 10 spots lower than the experts. Uh, We talked about Robinson a little bit last week. We were just like, prove it, (laughs) basically. Why are you guys ranking him so high? Prove it. You're still 10 spots lower on both these guys. How come? Yeah, I mean, and Robinson had fresh off of his worst dud, as we said, prove it. All he's always been is a big body that gets overrated week in and week out, and that was the case, like we said last week. It's the case again this week. The matchup's right versus the Jets, who just get destroyed by wide receivers, but I don't think it's going to be Robinson the one benefiting. To me, he's behind Cohen. He's behind Burton at this point, and even Taylor Gabriel for looks. So as the fourth option in this attack, and he's hampered with a groin injury, I don't see why he's getting ranked ahead of guys like Devin Funches, for example. Uh, Sterling Shepard a little bit trickier because he's fresh off 100 67 yard explosion his best game of the year probably going to be the best game of the year he records uh but it's still eli manning I, he's as good as he had a, a game is against atlanta one of the worst defenses one of the most injured defenses washington's not incredible but they're a solid pass defense with good corners and shepherd's just been so boomer bust so up or down and i just see a fresh off an explosion him kind of regressing back to what we've seen those five point type of duds i'm not trusting either of those guys in my lineup this week i know i said this to you either last podcast or the one before but i mean can you can you believe how awful the giants offense is it's just painful to watch and this week was like a slight improvement but still i just... really i'm gonna push back on that there they had like six points with like with like four minutes left in the game against the, a terrible falcons defense <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I mean barkley like did well Right. It, it wasn't three and outs like every single drive, I guess. Is what, That's I true. Mean, I mean, it's slight improvement. They had nowhere to go but up. It I mean, wasn't good. God, they're good. just so bad. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's painful. I don't know how they keep being in prime time. It's just you said, Well, I think, yeah, like we said, I think they flex out when they came. But if you said, hey, your tight end's Evan Ingram. You got ODB and uh, Sterling Shepard at receiver. You got Saquon Barkley at running back. Like, is there anybody you could so possibly bad? put at quarterback where you wouldn't be like a, you know, I mean, I get their line's not good, but it, man, it just blows my mind. Yeah, you give Tom Brady those weapons? Like, forget about it. He's forget up Tom Brady. How, anybody, how about mildly like, competent. I mean, like, yeah, you, I mean, a top 18 guy or something. You don't need Brady. Someone right. way less competent than Brady Case can Keenum, pull this off. Like anybody yeah, could get Case Tom. Keenum yeah. would be a, a huge upgrade, and you can't say that about too many people. In no. Case Keenum. All right, no. Hail Marys. Lots this week. We got Dammy, Danny Amendola. We got Trey Quan Smith. Amendola, 23% owned, only 4% started. Trey Quan Smith, 26% owned, and, four, and only 4% started. So it sounds like if you wanted to get in business with either of those guys, you probably could. Uh, why, are yeah. they, why are they worth taking a shot on? And Amendola, the higher floor for sure among both of those streamers. Uh, there's just no one else to throw to. And Brocktober <laughs> uh, loves this guy. 18 targets in his two games uh, as a starter. He's targeted Dan Amendola just a whopping amount of times. And that's with other guys healthy with Stills and Albert Wilson. And now both those guys are removed. Who else are they going to throw to? Yes, Houston has a pretty solid pass defense. But overall, I'm I'm chasing the volume here. I'm chasing, I think, Daniel Amendola. Solid talent. They just clearly have that rapport. He's racked up 14 catches. Catches 143 yards in a TD in these two games, and I think he just keeps adding to that total. And a guy that I like down the stretch too, because he's got the, at least these next couple games gets the Jets next week, gets Green Bay the week after that. So I mean, two very horrendous defenses against slot wide receivers. So I like Danny Amendola a lot moving forward these next few weeks. Yes, the only worry is injury. This guy always misses time. You can see you Brock Osweiler giving him just a buddy pass over the middle. He just gets lit up and is done. But as long as that doesn't happen, I don't see any way this guy's 
guys under 80 yards and potentially a score. So I like him a lot. And you could always, you know, dart throw Jakeem Grant if, if Amendola is not there. The more explosive the guy, the the lower floor for sure, but definitely the higher ceiling. He's blown up for a couple 20 point days and now is a much clearer path to targets. I could see Jakeem Grant 8% owned being that explosion guy. And similarly, in a higher floor, in my opinion, as an explosion guy, is Traquan Smith, as you mentioned. Uh, tough matchup. The, the Vin- Minnesota Vikings give the fifth fewest points to wide receivers. But if I love Breeze, I got to love his his weapons. And I really think this is just going to be a back-and-forth shootout. I see Traquan getting deep for at least one. He's a clear-cut number two right now. 52 of 71 snaps last week, 73% of them. Uh, whether it's this week or in the future with better matchup, this blow-up is near. Make sure this guy is owned, even if you're not starting. Him. I absolutely love Traquan Smith moving forward. All right, let's Season talk. changer. Season, Season changer. changer. Okay. I think he's going to be a stretch run hero alongside Nick, Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb got type yeah. season. Okay. Not, not as consistent as Chubb maybe, but definitely two matchups. That's that type of guy. That's high praise. That, okay, that's a big deal. Man, now you're Pittsburgh, making me want to run out and get him. Jeez. The schedule is is very, very gorgeous for this guy, and I think he's a great talent. Nick Underhill absolutely loves this guy. I said he you know, I did an interview with him this summer, said this guy was it looked like Mike Thomas's rookie season, watching the way this guy dominated, and he dominated the whole preseason, just tons of upside. He's gonna rain hellfire on the league at some point soon. All right, tight ends. Guy you're higher on Gronk at the at the Bills. I mean, I guess that's assuming he plays. You got him uh at, at two. I mean, that's seven spots higher than the experts. Hard for me to believe if he plays that anyone could ever rank him uh, ninth, no matter who he's playing. I have to I, say, right. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and that's and that's why I wrote this one's probably too easy. I can't keep him as my only option because he destroys Buffalo too. Where he's from, he always puts on a show for his family and the the relatives there. He just has a history of destroying Buffalo. So if he's active, he's my number two, maybe even number one guy. So I imagine that will flip once we learn more about Gronk. You think so he's going to Bur- play? I do, yeah. I think he's going to play, even though I'd almost rather him not play. Uh, and what's tricky about him is, and maybe this is part of why he's ranked lower, is it's a Monday night game. So if there's no clarity leading into the game, you could be left with complete nothing. Maybe Charles Clay is out there in your waiver wire. Uh, Dwayne Allen got zero targets, so I don't know if that's an option. Uh, I, I don't know. So it could leave you in a real hard spot if you're relying on Gronk. I think Charles, Charles Clay would be the guy to look at. Um, but but who I'm looking at I'm higher on because I think that's a cheap play uh, as long as Gronk's healthy is Trey Burton. He's my tight end five, three spots higher than the experts. Uh, he's just emerging as the top target here alongside Tariq Cohen off an 11 target, nine catch, 126 yard and a touchdown day. He's got four touchdowns in his last five games. Uh, ever since that first, you know, week one dud of one catch, a, sick, you know, a, a terrible game. He's he's been a monster. He's still, despite that dud, been the tight end five. He had a bye week in there too, and he's only evolving and growing in this offense into that Kelsey role. Jets give up a fair amount of touchdowns to tight ends. They got three on the season so far, which is right in the middle of the pack. I think Burton just continues rolling like he is. Yeah, okay. I don't got no arguments. I mean, I almost acquired Burton in a trade last week, and it fell through, and I'm bummed that it did. Um, guy, you're lower on Eric Ebron. I mean, is this because of Jack Doyle? I mean, you got him as your tight end seven. Experts got him at four. Not a huge discrepancy, but is this due to the return of Doyle that we talked about earlier? Yeah, return of Doyle, return of T.Y. Hilton. I don't think it's a coincidence that the games when Hilton's been there and been been active and healthy have been the two of the three worst games Eric Ebron's had in the season. He's only been under double digits twice, and those were two games that T.Y. Hilton was fully healthy and active, and it looked clear that that 
Whereas Ebron was kind of the guy that when broken plays were happening, Luck would turn to him. Once Hilton was back last week, it was very clear that Hilton was the guy that that Luck had eyes for. So I just think he goes clearly below um, Hilton on the target totem pole. Then the red zone share gets eaten into a little bit of Doyle's back. He's just not that shoe-in number four tight end behind the big three that he was beforehand. Uh, So I have him down just a little bit lower at seven. Not that I hate the guy. I just think he's a little bit lower than some of these other guys that have been emerging these last few weeks. I agree. Four is a bit of a stretch. All right, uh, let's get into burning questions, and we really only got one. But I got actually, I got one. I kind of want to tack in on the on the end of this to sure see what thing. you have to say. Uh, you know, any burning question that involves the Raiders probably isn't burning that much. No, anyway, the Raiders will be rolling out an entirely new offense after trading Amari Cooper. That's why I want to talk about next question to the Cowboys. Then moving Marshawn Lynch to the IR. They rank just 28th in points. Uh, if anyone's keeping track, I think there's 32 teams in the NFL, so 28, not real good uh, per game. It's not like new weapons are going to be entering a juggernaut. Well, but who do you feel will benefit the most beginning this week? And I'm assuming is one of the options whoever's playing the Raiders. Right. I think that's a huge benefit because they're just the going to beat on them. Yeah, the Colts will benefit greatly uh, from this team that's just in complete turmoil. The whole locker room seems lost. They're all saying that Gruden didn't tell anybody about the Cooper trade. They all found out through the news, through the media. It just seems like everything's going to shit. Uh, so, you know, I don't really want a ton to do with any Raiders, but if anyone's going to benefit, I would say it's Jordy Nelson. I can see a sneaky really? big stretch run from this guy. Uh, Gruden's always kind of funneled his passing attack to one guy. And prior to this last week dud against Seattle, where he only had you know one catch, he had been that guy. That Maybe that's why they felt comfortable moving Amari Cooper, because <laughs> Nelson was playing very well. He had 26, 15, and 12 in those three games. So he's playing quite well. Now he becomes that clear number one on the target totem pole in a team that's going to probably be playing from behind quite often. I think Jordy Nelson is probably the biggest benefactor here then you know Jalen Rashard probably my second Jared Cook's a guy I see getting talked about a lot but ultimately he's had two humongous games and then four games where he's been below the tight end 17 so it's just classic Jared Cook how could you depend on the guy how could you be fishing for those one or two blowups so I don't love him I don't think he finds any more consistency just because this one guy is gone uh this week I think Doug Martin's one of my favorite Raider plays but moving forward just not a guy that I love especially in games where they're going to get blown out so to me which is like all of them Right, exactly. Jordan Nelson is really the only guy I can confidently say I think it's a solid bump up and has a pretty good week here against Indianapolis. Let's talk about Amari Cooper just for a second. Going, I mean, that's probably the biggest, the biggest actual move that's happened since we had our last podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, if you still want to call him a big name, I guess he is still kind of a big name. Him going to the Cowboys. What, what do you think about his fantasy stock? I figure it, he can't be worse, right? No, it can't, it can't be much worse. I think you know it can't be Maybe as a bit. inconsistent. Um, we talked about it a little bit on the last pod, and I forget the exact specific numbers, but I know the Cowboys were you know 29th in the league in pass attempts and passing yards, and the the run to pass ratio they were 25th. So they're not a high volume attack. Again, whether that was a product of just having no weapons or because they just wanted that's the part of the scheme remains to be seen now that they have Amari Cooper, who is a, a more legitimate weapon than anything they were rolling out. He'll be the clear cut number yeah, one. I Scott mean, Linehan no has, doubt. you know, voluminously targeted clear cut number ones in his past between Des Bryant and, and Calvin Johnson. So maybe this finally does emerge. Uh, as I think Dak was starting to click a little bit more as they entered the buy. So I think there's a little bit of intrigue here that he could garner a nice, consistent you know, eight to ten targets a week, do a little bit of damage with that. 
but uh, I'm not ultimately you know, screaming about this. No. It's from a from a, an opening standpoint, it was probably the most open wide receiving core in the league. Uh, but from a, a volume and an offensive overall efficiency standpoint, I don't love it either. So I'll, I'll hold him if I have yeah, him on my. He's on my bench, and I, mean, I was him. I was going to move him, but now I think I'm going to sit on him for a couple of weeks. Yeah, let's see how he does. Uh, it'll probably take at least a couple of weeks to fully learn that playbook and, and build that rapport. Uh, but you got to be more excited than you were about him. Yeah, I mean, well, we've been saying since, I mean, and we weren't the only ones. Everybody's been saying this since like July or something. The Cowboys have clearly the worst wide receivers in the NFL. Right. Um, remains to be seen if this will take them out of that. 30 seconds yeah. we'll see right. all right let's get into the mailbag we got a decent one i mean this is a crucial week man i know i've said that like the last three or four weeks but man week eight is where shit starts getting real like this right. is this is when i mean you're you're digging for the playoffs it's a 13 week season you're over halfway done at this point like it's not really you don't want to be hovering around 500 anymore like you got to no. start putting some distance in these sit starts become more and more crucial the further we get into the season all right, um, this is the Wolf's weekly shit bum wide receiver dilemma. Um, Danny Amendola versus Chester Rogers for wide receiver three. Do either of these guys belong above Traquan Smith in the flex? Man, I got to say, after this, the sell job you gave on Traquan Smith a little while ago, I don't know. But, I mean, remember we had Amendola and him comparable. But you, right. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for ceiling or floor? I think I'm going for the floor. I'm going to go with Amendola because I think the ceiling's pretty decent with him too. So uh, I like Amendola. He's probably my favorite like stream play. Again, only 23% owned right now. So available in most of your leagues. If you're desperate for wide receiver help, if you got Keenan Allen on by or whatever it might be, Amendola is probably the first place I'm looking. Traquan Smith, long term, definitely the guy I'd much much rather own. Uh, and uh, you know, if you need that hail mary ceiling play, uh, he definitely comes with more upside because he's just way more of an athletic freak in a way better offense than either of those other two options um so i'd rank those amandola then traquan then chester uh with amandola definitely the the more consistent locked in type of wide receiver three if you need those numbers all right this one is from jeremy taylor indy defense or the baltimore defense we all know indianapolis playing the raiders so i mean that's a we can check that box off but i mean baltimore i think is i want to say they're either one or two highest ranked fantasy scoring defense on the year Right, they've been a great defense, they've been a great overall unit, uh, but their matchup is much tougher. We've been shitting on on the Raiders this entire podcast, so I think why go against them any more than we have? I think Indy, fresh off a 19-point day against this team that's in complete flux, makes the better play. They 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 just added a new safety. Uh, you got the player of the week, McCann Mitchell, I think McCann Mitchell, forget exactly what his name is, but he's came off midseason, and he's been absolutely dominant for these guys. He's really turned around that defensive unit, and and this this offense is just god awful. So I, I think Indy's the better play against uh, instead of the Ravens who are going against Cam Newton and the Panthers who just get it done no matter who they're facing. Uh, I, I would rolled with the the Indianapolis Colts here. No matter how good the Ravens have played, they're limiting teams to only 14 points per game, which is the best in the league. I still would rather roll the the Colts here. All right, there's a few for me now, and I'm in a few different leagues, but so uh, this one's full PPR. Pick two, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, John Brown. I'm assuming you're going to say Carson's the odd man out in this group. 
Yeah, full, full PPR makes that easier, too. If it was half PPR, Carson does have that juicy matchup against the Lions. Right. And I can definitely see him falling into the end zone. But I just love the way Chubb was used. I think the Steelers aren't anything too intimidating. And John Brown, how do you bench him off of what a, a beautiful blow-up he had last week? Even if the matchup's a little bit trickier against the Panthers, they're not anything too crazy against wide receivers. So I, I would keep John Brown in that deep ball rolling as well as Nick Chubb right now. John Brown's a top-20 guy. Like, legit. Money, yeah. He's like absolutely. 16th ranked guy in PPR or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, half PPR. Adrian Peterson or Lamar Miller? These guys are literally like my RB13 and then AP's my RB14, so it's about as close as it gets. But I'm going to go with Lamar Miller. I think he's just more secure work. I think he's a clear 20 to 25 touch guy in a beautiful matchup this week. Uh, so you got to roll with that. Even if AP I like more as a player right now, uh, I, I'm going to roll with Lamar Miller for sure. All right, another half point one. That's not for me, but uh, this one this one came through your tweet uh, your Twitter. Uh, half point PBR in the flex play, Geronimo Allison, Jalen Richard, or the aforementioned Raheem Mostert? I'm going to go with Mostert uh, for Brian Cook here. Unless Brita does you know, shock the world and play, then it becomes uh, a little bit shakier, in which case I would look at Allison. I think he's my second favorite option of this bunch, who's been averaging you know, 14 points per start. He's, he's coming back from that injury and expected to play. So Mostert, to me, is that blow-up, highest floor uh, potential there, highest ceiling potential as well. But Allison would be the second option if Breida's inserted and this becomes more of a three-headed nightmare. All right, another full uh, PPR question. Pick two of these three guys, Taylor Gabriel, Geronimo Allison, or uh, Robbie Anderson. Mm, it comes down. It's not Anderson. I'll tell you that much. So it's Gabriel or Allison for me. Uh, I, I'd probably roll with Allison, but just a no, better pick, overall you pick offense. Two. You're picking two. Oh, then Gabriel and Allison. You, are both Anderson's yeah. Anderson's Cut, the odd man. Anderson. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Good enough. All right. Uh, this is from uh, C Geckel 08. I love it. Uh, standard scoring. So I'm hesitant to even give it to you just because what a bunch of crap. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Galladay, Boyd, Ingram. Pick two. Ooh. Standard. Standard. Oh, man. This is a tough one because Boyd's been starting to fade uh, over the, the last few weeks, but his matchup is just so juicy uh, this week. The Bengals um, facing Tampa Bay, the worst defense against any position, never mind wide receivers. I probably, gun to my head, would go Ingram and Boyd here as yeah. the guys I'm playing, I and agree. I would be benching Galladay. That's what he I started to fade a little bit, too. So let's go Boyd and Ingram. Yeah, I like that pick. Uh, this is from CJ directly, half-point PPR. Which Dolphins wide receiver would you stream this week? I mean, Amendola? Dan- is that your Danny guy? Danny Boy, right. the highest floor. Unless you're completely desperate for like a 20-point blow-up, which Jakeem Grant would be that guy. But to me, it's the Amendola week. Yeah. Anish says... I'm in a horrible position at running back this week with the Chargers on by. I'm deciding to start either David Johnson and either Raheem Mostert or Jalen Richard, uh, Richard, Richard, whatever you want to call it, in a half-point PPR. I'm assuming you're going with Mostert again. Yep, Mostert along with David Johnson. I'm very excited to see what David Johnson does in week one of the Byron Leftwich era. Me too. I feel like, honestly, I feel like every week so far this year we've been like, this is it. This is where we're going to see David. I mean, I admit this is a real change. And it's a good matchup, but man, it's like how many games we have to see before we're like, man, it's not going to happen. We'll see. I'm, uh, I'm keeping my fingers this, crossed. This will be, you know, this will be the the nail in the coffin, so to speak, that I can finally get the expression right. If he can't get it done with Byron Leftwich and the big play calling change, then I'm just going to give up. Why aren't they throwing him the ball? 
I think that, and I think that's what's going to change with Byron Left, which again, it's a ton of dot connecting here with, you know, he's from the Bruce Arians tree and Bruce Arians loves him and he's going to run the same exact offense as Bruce Arians. There's no guarantee of any of that. But at least it's not Mike McCoy. It cannot yeah, be worse. I mean, I'm just you don't need, doesn't even need dot connecting. I'm just some moron that likes to watch football on TV. And I mean, and just knowing what I know, and I would be like, man, we should totally be throwing this guy the ball and screen passes like two out of three plays. Right. Anyway, anyway, Meat Sweats wants to know: trade Sony Michelle to get Juju Smith Schuster in Dynasty. Sony would likely be a seventh round keeper unless James Conner gets the gig. Keenan and Cooper, top wide receivers with rotating bums behind them. Running backs are Saquon, Connor, and uh, Marlon Mack. So, would you trade Sony Michelle to get Juju in a dynasty league if Sony would cost tough. him the seventh it, round? I know that's tough. It is tough because I'm not much of a dynasty player, so it's tough to really evaluate this. I actually did this dynasty draft with the Meat Sweats, and I'm, I'm pumped yeah. to see him turning this thing around. Yeah, he came over. We we indulged in a little bit of greenery and just had a, a monster draft for the guy. Uh, so I'm pumped about that. It, it's tough to sacrifice the the future here with Sony. Uh, but if he's in a position, he says he's in first, he's trying to go for it all. Yep. And his wide receivers, you look at the, the running back depth chart. I like Saquon, Connor, and Mack a lot. If you get rid of Sony, I think you're still in good shape. Ultimately, Mack, I mean, ultimately, Connor, obviously, that pumpkin is going to come to roost at some point. Maybe. 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 I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm less and less convinced. i got to be honest. I expect him to be back by week 10. I mean, week 10 is when he can't become a free agent if he doesn't show up. So uh, yeah. he'll probably be back then. Probably. Um, so at that point, you're taking a big hit at running back. But Juju just is a much higher ceiling and floor for this one year. And if you think you got all the goods to go and get that ship, then I'm all about it. So, yes, I would pull the trigger on this deal, especially with Sony's knee so questionable right now. Hey, Antonio Mendoza, Greg Olson or Evan Ingram, half-point PPR. That one's tough to me. I'd probably go Very Olson tough. though. Yeah, Olsen is off the touchdown, but he, that was his only catch, his five-yard score, which is sketchy to me. I, I don't like those touchdown or bust guys. Ingram didn't have a big game, but he just seemed more involved. They're dialing up some screens for him, some quick dink and dunks. And his first game back, I think he just continues to build off of that. I actually lean Ingram with some higher volume, uh, more athleticism, younger, fresher, better at this stage. I'm going to lean Ingram on this one. The reason I uh, – I mean, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. Olsen had a pretty tough matchup last week. I mean, like, Philly is – pretty good against the tight end and honestly even though they blew it in the fourth quarter uh they do have a pretty damn good defense uh right. and you know and let's not forget eli manning's the one who throws the ball to evan ingram or that's a very right. important point uh last but not least and this guy could never be least with us richie dungleberger love him put uh, on the cowboy uh, dungleberger right. get up <laughs> no, the middle seriously. greg olsen or vance <laughs> mcdonald uh, I'm Olsen gonna go. getting a lot of play in the mailbag today. I know, I know. He's off that touchdown. So I think a lot of people are finally wondering, can I use this guy? Matchup against the Ravens, though. Tough matchup. I like Vance. I, I like Vance here. He's facing Cleveland, a much worse defense, a much better shot at a touchdown, in my opinion. So I'm going to roll Vance McDonald. All right, I agree. Uh, good call. Wolf, great, great episode here. We're going to try to actually get this thing going Wednesday night for a change. That'll be unheard of. Um, Being a workhorse and getting these things out for our our wolf pack as early as you can. I love it. I'm doing my best. Uh, Go Red Sox tonight, huh? Absolutely. Let's go Sox, Good time to be a Boston Boston. sports fan right now. It's a pretty damn good time. We are the most spoiled fans ever. Uh, But I'm I'm not going to complain. I certainly won't. It's the best. I'm glad I'm spoiled for sure. One thing I've never complained about is being spoiled. Not even once. Nope. Never Bring it on. Spoil me some more. Absolutely. Yeah, right, we'll spoil you in fantasy riches. That's going to be us Seriously. spoiling you 
with all the fantasy knowledge and to get it all in every single social media channel, you can find me personally at Roto Street Wolf. You can find our main pages, Roto ST Journal on Twitter, uh, Roto Street Journal on Facebook and Instagram where we do our shows. So make sure you're tuning in there. Lots of posts going on there. Uh, main site obviously is rotostreetjournal.com. This is the Fantasy Fullback Dive, your lead blocker to fantasy glory. Subscribe if you haven't already. Let us know your thoughts on the podcast if you haven't already. We always appreciate and love any reviews and the time you you take and put in for us. We're happy to put in time in for you, so let us know what your thoughts are about what we're doing. Get that Week 8 win, baby. We're we're over halfway there. It's it's that time. Let's go. All right. My name's Nat Truth Jones. And I'm the Wolf. Best of luck in Week 8, guys. Later, everybody. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, oh, oh. And wave out to the crowd. Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.